0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Court Podcast with Enoch Lee and Angus Wong. This is episode six, six whole episodes. Uh, Angus, you want to tell them what we did on Monday, bro? On Monday, Enoch
1: came down to uh, L.A. and we went to see the mismatch live. Um, and it, In fact, it was pretty live. Some dude passed out for being too drunk oh during my a podcast.
0: God. That's how you know it was lit. It was it was a it was a nice surprise to see that they had alcohol there. Uh so we got to drink while we were watching. It was just really good vibes, man. I mean, we wanted to go a lot earlier than we did, um but we walked in like maybe like 5 minutes before the show started and everyone was just talking to everybody. It just seemed like it was a really cool like environment. Um and then when the guys came out, uh Chris Vernon and uh Kevin O'Connor, everyone was just like, you know, it was just I wasn't like, you know, starstruck but it was nice to like actually see these guys for real you know what i mean to see them do their magic live like
1: i don't know how they really they really play with the crowd they freestyled everything it it
0: was it was crazy to see how they how they worked their magic up close yeah i i think seeing them in person seeing their show for real like i mean obviously their voices sound exactly the same but like Mm -hmm just seeing them in person kind of like solidified my st- my fandom towards the show. It was just really cool. You know, if you guys
1: go listen to the Mismatch, listen to the live recording, if you hear someone scream light the beam, that was probably me cuz I <laughs> screamed it out loud when nobody was talking. So I, I I I was in there, all right? And I I like doing things for attention like that.
0: <laughs> I I had fun. Uh we had our friend Connor come with us. Uh I think he had a good time. The infamous too. Connor. Yeah. Connor Connor is so famous
1: on his podcast, but most people listening to this <laughs> don't even know who he is. But he knows who he is.
0: Maybe we'll have Connor on the podcast sometime.
1: <clears throat> He'll be a great person to talk to,
0: but he's he's a casual. Connor's a casual. <laughs> he's a fraud. Um let's talk about the Warriors and Grizzlies game, man.
1: What a game that was! Yeah, actually, what? no, it actually wasn't a game. It wasn't a game, but it was everything that led up to the game and everything that happened after
0: the game. Yeah, so um, I mean, Draymond obviously, Draymond has his podcast. Uh, I, I listened to it a couple of times. I kind of I kind of like his podcast. Um, but on his podcast, he's uh, a he new was, media. Yeah, he's new media. But um, on his podcast, he was basically just shitting on. Uh, Dylan Brooks for like a cool a whole segment on Dylan Brooks he was just shitting on him and it was uh it was funny but it was also like you know because Dremon, it's his show he can say whatever the hell he wants but it's also like man this guy's taking serious shots at this dude and it was kind of like it was kind of like it was kind of like bro like I've never heard an NBA player talk about another NBA player that's like that that's still in the league you know this like I mean, that, like, I've just never heard it. I mean, maybe it's happened, like, a long time ago, but did, in recent time. Holy shit. Sorry about that. <laughs> but in Whoa, recent times, technical I Technical difficulties. <laughs> but in recent times, I just haven't seen something like that. But what did he say? I, I, I don't know exactly what word for word he said, but it was a whole bunch of stuff. He was basically calling Dylan Brooks uh, a cancer
1: to his team. Uh, because Dylan Brooks was saying that the Grizzlies are like a uh, Grizzlies Warriors is a rivalry, and that the Grizzlies are their new dynasty. And then Draymond was saying that the dynasty for the Grizzlies hasn't started yet, but it will start once Dylan Brooks is off the team. And ooh, <laughs> that's that's funny because this beef, this beef between the Warriors and the Grizzlies didn't just start in the playoffs last year. This actually started back in the play in in 2021. The Grizzlies, yep. Made the first playoff appearance by knocking off the Warriors in a play-in game.
0: Yep. But that was the year that the Warriors were terrible. Clay wasn't playing. They were terrible. That was the year before Jordan Poole was going crazy. It was literally just the Steph <sighs> show. And Steph show... Hard Steph carry had, job. Yeah, but Steph... Hard carry. For the majority of the season, remember he had that toe injury? I think that was the year you had him on your fantasy league. <laughs>
1: oh, no, no, no. That was that 2019-2020 was when he broke his hand like five games in. But oh. this, was the ga- this, this was the year when he went absolutely... Nuts. He went like 30 points per game and he was still 50, 40, 90, which is insane. If you're going 50, 40, 90, and you're averaging 30 points per game and you're keeping your team afloat with no other all star teammates, you are actually a god. I can see why people call Steph Curry Threesis. Threesis. <laughs> <laughs> That's his nickname. If you call on his basketball reference page, they call him the baby face assassin, but also Threesis. I, I like that. I like
0: Threesis. <laughs> Bro, Steph. Steph is amazing. I love watching him play. Um, but do you think Dylan Brooks is an asset uh, to this Grizzlies team? Because I started the year thinking that he was, thinking that um, <clears throat> like this guy brings a lot to their defense, if anything. And defense is such a huge thing for this, this Grizzlies team. Yeah. Um, but then you look at, you know, um, someone said something. Someone said if Dylan Brooks took five less shots a game, he would be a really good NBA player. And that made a whole lot of sense to me. Because yes, like what yes, like Dylan Brooks should he, not be. He can't be taken. shoot the Grizzlies
1: out the game. He yeah. can't shoot the Grizzlies out the game. Like he should but not he's he's a good defender. You do you know how many NBA players right now hate playing against Dylan Brooks? And he's... it's so funny that Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green are ha- having this beef because they're arguably two of the most hated players in the NBA.
0: <laughs> I dude, yeah. It's really just like two guys, two peas in the pot that just fucking hate each other, man. Like these guys are like the same players. Not very gifted offensively, can't really shoot the ball, but will still shoot it from time to time, but really are the defensive one of the defensive anchors on both of the respective teams holy crap if if Dylan okay Dylan Brooks is if Draymond
1: Green just shot the ball fifteen times per game Wow,
0: that's two for two bro i'm I'm sorry <laughs> what's going on that end man all right, anyway, these fucking ads bro anyway, uh continue, sorry. Yeah, so if
1: you gave Draymond Green fifteen or twenty shots a game, that you'll get Dylan Brooks.
0: And <laughs> yeah, you, okay, Draymond I, I, Green. <laughs> that's a little disrespectful. If you make Draymond Green light skin; it'll be Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks is is better than Draymond offensively, like a lot better than him offensively.
1: But but the trash talking they're on, they're on similar levels. If you hear what Dylan Brooks had to say after the game, um, Dylan Brooks called uh, Draymond Green a blogger and to saw keep that doing shit. what he's doing because it's he
0: called, cute. He called Shaden Sharp a blogger. He called... He's just, no, anyone Shannon that Shaden Sharp. Shade Sharp. Shannon Sharp, Anyone that does... Yeah, not Shaden Sharp. Duh. Anyone that does fucking media, he's going to call you a blogger. Like, I don't even think he knows what a blogger <laughs> is, bro. Like, that guy does <laughs>
1: I'm starting to think that Dylan Brooks just likes beefing with people in media. I don't even think he cares about, like, the basketball aspect. He doesn't like anyone that writes or does a podcast or even appears on ESPN or Fox I mean, Sports he, or whatever.
0: He loves the game and he just loves playing, he loves getting into it, you know, that includes the talk, that includes, you know, the shit talk, all the physicality that comes with it. Um and as the league t- towards t- kind of shifts towards the opposite direction of that, you know, Dylan Brooks starts embracing it. And I'm not going to lie yes. to you, bro. I I'm not going to lie to you midway through the season when all this dylan brooks hate is going on like i'm i'm i hopped on the bandwagon i was like fuck this guy this guy's hella annoying like just in every aspect he's not good offensively he talks hella shit regardless of whether they're winning or losing and the bro honestly dylan brooks is one ugly motherfucker bro
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not gonna lie to
0: you bro now that everyone hates him and he's still talking his shit the exact way that he was talking his shit before. Not everyone hated him. I I'm starting to respect this guy a little bit more than I used to. I I just I, I love that he, like now he knows that everyone hates him except for the the city of Memphis and and shit. I'm 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 certain. No, even Memphis... people in Memphis hate him too. Exactly, exactly. But the fact that he doesn't care and you know he goes out there and does this thing night in and night out. Does not care. You see him lock up Steph a couple plays like that's yes. that's, bro does not back down and I can respect that in an NBA player.
1: Listen, I I truly think he he will make an all defensive team this season because part of making an all defensive team is like you got to be good on defense, but then too you got to have the media backing him up and he's really putting a spotlight on himself with his trash talking and also Jaw always being in the news and like. Without Jaw, this Grizzlies team has to stay afloat on the defensive end. You already have Jaron Jackson Jr., who's probably one of the best defensive anchors in the game. Uh, once if he's able to stay on the floor because of foul trouble, and then the grittiness of Dylan Brooks and his ability to like take opponents out the game really, really gives them an edge. Sometimes I I know that they're probably gonna fall in the standings a bit, but this defense is gonna keep them afloat because they're really they're really gritty with it.
0: They are really gritty and they have to be because, you know, they just lost Steven Adams for another four weeks or more.
1: But but yeah, probably until the end of the season. But here's here's something funny, Dylan Brooks said in the postgame interview. And I thought it was it was some crazy bars. All right. So <laughs> Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks said it was a low blow for Draymond Green to try to put his teammates against him. A low blow for Draymond Green. What did Draymond Green do to Steven Adams in the
0: twenty sixteen playoffs? I mean, kicked him
1: in the nuts. I mean, <laughs> he kicked him in the nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, fuck. I feel like, you know, if 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 that has no weight or any truth to it, like when Dre said, "I don't even know if your teammates are behind you," blah blah blah. You know, I I feel yeah. like if that had no weight, and and Dylan Brooks knew that, like he wouldn't get offended from it. I feel like there got to be a couple guys on the Grizzlies roster that don't like Dylan Brooks either, and. And I think that's why he got a little... I mean, like, if someone told me, if I'm talking my shit, and, like, uh, everyone but my team hates me, like, yeah, that's cool. But if you come at me and you tell me, like, yo, your team doesn't even fuck with you, like, that's... If that was completely not true and I knew that, that would not affect me or offend me at all. I would be like, no, my teammates got my back, and I know that for a fact because I I bleed with these dudes, like, night in and night out. So maybe Maybe they're... maybe Speaking of... Speaking
1: of teammates, Dylan Brooks said, after the game, he also said, I ain't out here getting into physical altercations with my teammates.
0: Oh, that shit was hella funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Bro, I, you, think I love Bro- it, man. I, you, you see yeah. these rivalries. I mean, I don't even know if these are rivalries. It's just like competitors, you know, like. I
1: th- I think this is a good defensive player rivalry. These are two players that are known on defense and we have we have the rivalry between D Book and Luka who are more offensive players but now we have defensive players getting into it and I and like at this rate the Grizzlies and Warriors are primed for a playoff playoff uh, appearance in the first round against each other.
0: And that'll be that'll be a sight to see. Yeah. Uh do do you think um <clears throat> Draymond doesn't think this shit's a rivalry? What do you think? I think it is. I think it I is think a rivalry. So because
1: ha- cause they said you have to lose in a playoffs, but does a play-in count as a playoffs? Because the Grizzlies did knock out the Warriors when the Warriors were still at full strength. I mean, I wouldn't say full strength, but they they were still competitive at that time.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean... <laughs> Bro, if you look at the standings, like Draymond's like, oh, you, this isn't not a this is not a um a rivalry because the Grizzlies haven't done shit. But I mean, and he's like, oh, anyone can win in March, but can can they? I mean, like we got a whole bunch of March left, and if the Warriors yeah, start this, slipping, you know, they could easily fall out of that that top eight spots, and all of a sudden they're stressing. Not sure if they're the even plane. gonna. Exactly. And and I don't I think Draymond's talking a little crazy a little too early, especially for his team to be in where they're seated right now compared to the Grizzlies. And like yeah, history tells us the Warriors are miles above the Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies are a relatively new team. So, who knows? John Morant is no joke. And as much as much as I don't like John Morant and and that mostly stems from being a Kings fan, um and and fantasy, <laughs> but as much as I don't like John Moran, John Moran is a fucking bucket. Like that guy can get a bucket almost at will, and he has a great supporting cast and a great coach. I really like Jenkins. Uh, I really like Stephen Adams. I really like Desmond Bain. I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. So they have a good squad, and and this could be something that you should start seeing for years to come: the Warriors and Grizzlies. And I really fucking like this. It's just it's it's really good to see guys not only just go out there and play basketball. But guys go out there and compete hard as hell, you know? And you usually have to yeah. wait till you have to wait till like April I and mean, when playoffs start for that to happen. So just and to Yeah, you go. Speaking of
1: speaking of Jaw, um, did you see that the club that John Morant was at, they released pictures of him with a stripper on him and hundreds all over the floor. And Stephen A. Smith saw that and he tweeted out that why is the stroke club releasing these photos it seems like an evasion of privacy and i I completely agree with Stephen a but this is this is John Morant's first taste of superstardom the and the consequences that come with it because when you're a superstar your entire life is under a microscope and he started the snowball when he posted that gun on his Instagram live and now all these everything's coming at him all at once the snowballs just getting bigger and bigger and it's up to him to decide how he's going to bounce back. Is he going to end up like Gilbert Arenas, who has a couple of great seasons in the league, but then one incident derails his career? Or is he going to l- learn and grow up past this and be- still continue on that superstar trajectory?
0: I really hope that he figures it out. It, it's It would be such a shame if he didn't. Like, such a shame, man. Such a waste of talent. But, I mean, I... I, I yeah. You, anyone can be smarter than this so there's there's only one way to go from this it. up you know like there's no way you can fuck this up anymore uh it's funny i looked up his instagram account the other day he did deactivate his instagram Deactivated yeah. his twitter um bro has a lot to think about and it's and and hopefully he has some people in his corner that really want the best for him and uh can turn this whole thing around and, and that starts with him he has to do it um, yeah
1: and i i think deleting his social media was a Good thing because I think we all know that social media kind of pushes us to do something that we're not completely comfortable doing, but just to like to show off, just because
0: we think it's cool or something. But in reality, it's not really that cool. Yeah, I mean, Jaw grew up in a small city, but um, <clears throat> it's funny that this game got so much attention when the Grizzlies actually destroyed them by twenty-one. And I mean, it was that the Warriors made a run in the third, um, but the Grizzlies d- 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 dominated them in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. And in the first, the Grizzlies put up 48 points in the first quarter. But but that's just what happens when a great home team, because the Grizzlies, I think, have the best home record in the NBA, takes on a terrible road team, the Warriors. I think the Warriors' road record is like
0: pretty bad. And it's just as bad as like the tanking teams. It is fucking bad. Uh one of the I think one of the biggest things with this Warriors team is uh they gotta they gotta figure out what to do with Jordan Poole. Like I I this this three guard lineup with the Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole, I feel like, you know, they have their moments for sure when the offense is just clicking. And and a lot of that happens at home. But when you're away and one of those guys isn't hitting shots, you cannot rely on your bench if you're the Warriors because they're just not good enough frankly you got Ty Jerome he's like your third best guard fourth best guard and you got Moses Moody you got Anthony Lamb (laughs) one guy that was making a splash before he just recently got injured Jonathan Kaminga they got something there and and I didn't really and I remember I was super high on him before he got drafted uh and then he was kind of quiet in his first year um but in and but this year he's making a huge jump and this guy was scoring very consistently uh double digit figures for like five out of six games like 17 19 20 uh until so he sprained his ankle in the warmups kind of in warm like warmups right? and bro that those
1: accidents happen in back to back days in warmups
0: mm. like that's so freaky yeah i, I I was telling someone, I feel like it's it's a lot easier to get hurt when you're doing those warm-ups with your trainer because you're with your trainer, so it's not you're just jacking up random shots. You're doing game like situations, you know? And yeah. when you're when you're out before the game, taking shots, working with your trainer uh, an hour or two, maybe three hours before the game starts. Your body isn't warm. You're cold. You haven't really got a full stretching. You haven't really got fully warm. You're kind of just getting shots up. And then when your trainer is like, "Oh, like, let's like, like, let's do this move. Let's like do this." Let's certain moves. Guys are taking it serious, but they haven't taken getting they're their not, body not warm. up to a full sweat yet. Exactly, and because of that, I feel like it's a lot easier for things like ankle sprains to happen. You saw with the Kevin Durant; they both happen on. Wide open drives to the lane, no contact, no nothing, uh, and, yeah. and especially when guys are playing 82 games a season, it's really that can happen, you know. And it's just unfortunate. It's crazy that it happened to two players back to back. That's unfortunate. But let's talk about another game that happened on Thursday, a really good game, uh, the Knicks and the Kings. Uh, this was nationally televised, so fuck yeah. our second, our second, second nationally televised game, yeah. Um. Kings took the dub by 5. It was it was one of the greatest games of the season in my opinion, just because the because it was nationally televised and the Knicks are the hottest team in the league. It's they were. It's just Yeah. I mean, they're coming off and, like a loss, but but they won 9 out of the
1: last 10 going into this game.
0: Yeah. And uh the Kings it's just man I know J- Jalen Brunson went down in the second half, and um, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that, I was like, "Uh oh," because because
1: we know the Kings have a history of of blowing leads or just straight up losing games when the opposing team is missing their best player.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't even make fucking sense. But then. Yeah. I just, I'm just, I just know the Kings, you know, you know, the Kings, I know the Kings. I know the Kings, Kings gone Kings. We just, we were, we were up like, I don't know, 16, something like that, 17, 18, 21
1: at one point, 21 yeah, at one but, point. Yeah, but,
0: but going in, like starting the second half, we were up a lot, pretty comfortable lead and Jalen Brunson goes to the locker room, doesn't play the second half and I'm like, oh shit, they still got, well, who the guy, the guy we talked about last week. Emmanuel Quickly. They still got this boy who fucking wants a big ass contract, and Quentin Grimes. They still got Julius Randle. They still got Mitchell Robinson. They still got Josh Hart. These guys can step up very fucking easily and and fill the the, the role that Jalen Brunson plays. One thing that they didn't they did miss this New York team, this New York Knicks team. Jalen Brunson is the fourth leading scorer in clutch league, clutch time scoring, and they fucking yeah. needed him in the end of the game, and it was so apparent. Uh, yeah, it just they were. Under one minute left, it was a two point game, and that's
1: when you know it's Jalen Brunson time. It was it was a, it was supposed to be a battle between Brunson and Fox, and I'm really glad that this was a close game because our last TNT game against the other New York team that was not yeah. a close enough game for us to see what De'Aaron Fox can truly do. But we were yeah. saw it this time. Yeah, but yeah. Dude, go, that's a great, go back
0: to your point on Brunson. That's a great fucking point. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, Brunson. Um, I mean, it, it kind of ties into what I was going to say next. Uh, yeah, Brunson. Is one of the greatest, best in the scores in the league, like you know, statistically wise, in the clutch. And De'Aaron Fox is the best. So De'Aaron had a stretch where he scored eleven straight points. And and like you said, like you said, I think the, the the last game against the Nets when we de- destroy them, Terrence Davis had like thirty six. Just you know, that's great to see. We I, as a Kings fan, you you can't complain, but. As a Kings fan and as a De'Aaron Fox fan, you want Fox to have his credit because the majority of this team's success, besides the bonus, is because of De'Aaron Fox, you know? Mm. and when I agree. And that's, that game against the Nets, you really didn't get to see his greatness. I think he had like 13. He had a really quiet game. He didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a bad game, but he had a quiet game offensively. And this game, also a quiet game. I think he had 23, but bro stepped up. Up in the clutch when you needed him, I think he had 11 straight points in the fourth. And if you're the New York Knicks and you got this guy cooking you, man, I have this. <laughs> I, I have this whole segment okay. planned. It's called "How Do You Stop the Fox?" How, how do you stop you the stop fox? fox? Angus, tell me. Um, hey, Angus, tell me how that. you stop the fox. Let me know. As a guy that loves defense, let me know, Angus. How do you stop the fox? Is it even possible? You simply cannot stop someone that's faster than you.
1: Because in basketball, one of the principles is you got to beat your man to the spot. You got to beat the offensive player to the spot. How do you beat the player to the spot if he's
0: simply faster than you? Uh, Exactly. When and and this like in clutch time, the only thing these coaches can think of is let's just send him a double the second he crosses half court. Let's send him a double. But Fox knows, like if Fox on the left wing crosses half court and he sees the right wing coming his way. He's going to take the left defender all the way to the left and totally go it, it, it's that's how you break a double. You choose one side and you attack that side. That way it's not a double anymore. You're playing one on one. If if and that is what that is why Fox is so great because because of his speed with the ball. And there's players that are fucking fast as shit, probably faster than Fox, but his speed with the ball. You can't send him a double because by the time that double guy comes He's already gone. It's already too late. <laughs> He's already gone.
1: Late. And even oh my god, he had some to tough buckets. A double team on. He has the IQ to dish it off to Sabonis, who can also run the offense, and you also have Herter, who can run the offense as well. We've seen how he played without Fox against the Pelicans last week. He had like eight assists without Fox, and then Barnes. Barnes is a great veteran piece because you know he can create his own own offense if if you want him to.
0: Yeah I I it's just watching that team and you know the Knicks are a great team. You know that every possession they're going to value um and and that's something that good teams do. And the and and man, I can say the same about the Kings man. And that makes me feel so good, man. Yes. Makes me feel so good.
1: And after the game, even though the Kings won, Mike Brown was pissed at the Kings. He was pissed for them giving up so many offensive rebounds to the Knicks because that's what the Knicks do. The Knicks thrive off crashing the offensive boards and getting those second-chance points. And Mike Brown was not satisfied with
0: his team's performance.
1: This team is yeah. special.
0: Yeah, we're. <sighs> I think um, it would have been a little bit closer if Jalen Brunson played. I mean, it already was close, but I think the fourth quarter it would have been. It could have gone both ways. It could have gone both ways, regardless. Uh, I think, um, Quentin Grimes hit some big shots, man. That guy can. He, he that, did. That guy can play. Quentin
1: Grimes can shoot. He can. Quentin shoot.
0: Gr- Quentin Grimes can play. Uh, you know, quickly.
1: Quentin, quickly, quickly though, one play. one for eleven. He went one for eleven that game. I yeah. think that's that was a key for the Kings, uh, just holding quickly. Just cooling him off because he he's been pretty hot the past couple of games going into the matchup against the Kings and then the Kings did a great job on him.
0: Yeah, um, no one on the uh, I want to talk about um Randall. I I think Randall is one of those overrated guys and I I know this kind of sounds like hate, but I, every time you need a bucket from Randall. It's kind of like, where is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Where's our best player? You know? And especially in those clutch time situations, it's just Randall disappears. When you need him to score, when the rest of your guys are like, not really there, kind of disappeared, but it's like, man, you're the all-star. You're the guy getting paid the money. Jalen Brunson's out. You need to step the fuck up. And the guy, he had a decent game, but it's just, I I keep thinking about that playoff series against the Hawks. And it's just like the first time he really needed to step up and be that guy, he disappeared. And every time I see him in the same situation, it's the same thing. I'm just
1: I'm always wondering why the hell is he always taking sidestep threes. Oh my god. Yes. I know I know he can make it, but like come on, you're 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 huge. You're a physical beast. Go yeah. in the paint. Against 100%. the Kings, he shot tw- he shot twelve
0: three pointers. On what planet do you want Julius Randle shooting <laughs> 12 three-pointers? Please tell me. It doesn't me. make sense. Oh, my God. He went two for 12 from three. Uh, another guy that helped us uh, fucking R.J. Barrett. One he was with,
1: yep. Barrett was with us. Yep. R.J. Barrett was with us. Honestly, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle constantly attacking the room so recklessly made Sabonis look like an elite rim protector. I thought Sabonis was Rudy Gobert out there with the way Barrett and Randle were just bricking layups left and right. I yeah. mean, technically left because they both only go left.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, combined, the two players in Barrett and Randall went three for 20. That's 15%. Three for 20. None of them shot f-
1: over 40% from the field either.
0: Yeah. I mean, combined. Quentin, they no shot no, no. Quint, Quentin 17. Grimes had, Quentin Grimes had a 40% from three. Uh, same with Brunson, three for five.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I was just talking about between Barrett and Randall. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, between between those two, they also went 17 for 45 from the field.
0: Yikes. You want to know another? <laughs> you want to know another crazy stat? Fucking fucking 11 for 19 from the free throw line between those two. Damn. 11 for Damn. 19, bro. That's yeah, terrible. you're
1: really killing it with the stats today. You're really a numbers guy today, aren't you? I mean, you? I got
0: it right in front of me. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> that's why y'all that's why y'all are here in the fucking ads. Because NBA, bro, they're trying to make their money off of everything. Fucking stupid. But, uh, yeah, Um, glad we got that win. Glad it was on national television. Glad Fox showed out because everyone, I mean, I feel like a lot of people know that he's one of the, the number one leading clutch scorer, but it's like not very many people have witnessed it. And, and he was at his best in that quarter, and it was so good to see. I mean – I mean, I've seen it. You've seen it. Kings fans have seen it. We know what this guy's about, but the league doesn't. And and just to, for him to show out against the hottest team in the league, against the New York Knicks. I know everyone in New York's watching that game. Well, not everyone, but hella people watching that game. And to show out like that and to play that well, uh, maybe not on the defensive side, but to play that well and just to get that kind of recognition and validation uh, it felt amazing. It felt amazing. Mm-hmm. I but the Kings played. Uh... Yeah, sorry, go. Yeah, go
1: ahead. I think yeah, what Kings... you're going to say is going to lead into what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Kings played again on um, last see, night. Was... Last night, Saturday, against the Phoenix Suns, who we have not beaten this season. In yeah, our they previous... beat us both pretty pretty easily. Like on the on the scoreboard, you
1: see it's a close game, but just watching the game, it just seemed like the Suns were always just one step ahead of the Kings.
0: Yeah, and I I told um, my coworker he was we were I was at work while the game was going on, and I was like, oh, this is a dub, and he was like, he was like, bro, no, it's not, and I was like, bro, yes, it is, because one, Kevin Durant's not playing, and two, the guy that you got rid of, the guys that you got rid of to get Kevin Durant, they're not here either. They were the troublemakers. They were the troublemakers for the Kings. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, those dudes, big long wings that can shoot can't deal with those guys. And now we don't have to fucking deal with any of them. Durant, Mikel, or Cam Johnson. Now we have to stop Booker. And Chris Paul is kind of sporadic. You never know if he's going to give you 12 points or 25. So it's like, you know, I'll live with that. Go- going into last night's game against the Kings, Devin
1: Booker was averaging 31 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds on 53% shooting, and 39% from 3. He's so he was he was on a tear. But the Kings, I know it doesn't seem like that much of a difference, but the Kings held him to, let's see, 28 points, okay, but on 19 shots. I
0: think that's huge. I think that's huge.
1: Yeah, because he was on these tears. He was scored, I think, 40 over 44 uh, and only missed eight shots. But this time, he missed eight shots and only scored 28. Twenty eight when,
0: when when you're just missing, forcing
1: him to take tough shots.
0: Yeah, I mean, bro, the guy can make tough shots, and we know this. But when when you get rid of your two best role players, and you don't have Kevin Durant, all of a sudden you're playing with fucking Tory Craig and Josh Kogi and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like bro had bro only shot nineteen shots. I feel like that's low. No.
1: Yeah, nineteen shots. They they were sending doubles at him. They they. Do you know who they put on him? They put Kessler Edwards on him, the best player that was traded from the Brooklyn Nets at the trade deadline. Let's yeah, let's talk Kevin about Durant. Kessler who? Edwards. Let's talk about I know, Kessler. I know Edwards. about Kessler Edwards. I don't I don't care about Kevin Durant. Kessler Edwards is the be, was the best player on the Brooklyn Nets at that time. <laughs> That's why the Kings traded for
0: him. Bro, he had a solid. He had moments last year where it was like, yeah, man, he he could shoot. He can shoot, he can play defense, he's long. I feel like if you're a long wing that can shoot the three, and you're those three and three and D guys, and you're and you're long. Like I feel like regardless of whether people know you or whether you're a contract, like you have value. And I feel like he kind of just flew under the radar in this trade down. Like great pickup for the Kings. He's not yes. he's not gonna give you 15 a game, but he can.
1: But he's he's a bench player. You don't expect him you don't expect 15 a game. You usually expect him To maybe give you fifteen every like four games just just and to space the floor and just have size and athleticism because he Kessler Edwards provides so many things that the Kings have been missing for, for decades. All right. How often have we had a six seven player that can shoot and that's athletic and doesn't get beat on defense? I can't I can't really name one besides Harrison Barnes. And he's been iffy sometimes. Barnes has been
0: iffy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I know that. You don't got to tell me that. Yeah. Bar- Barnes. I, 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 lo- I love Barnes, guys, when he's playing great. I, I hate Barnes when he's not. It's just that simple. Uh, it's that simple. Um, But uh, Keegan Murray kind of disappeared, uh, leading to some extra minutes for Kessler Edwards. And he had some yeah. big shots down the stretch. Uh, He hit a—I a, think he tied the game with a corner—a um, wing three on the left wing. Um Yeah. He did. And it was a, I mean, if, you know, since this was, uh, I mean, this wasn't nationally televised, but I was watching it on TV and and they're showing like the slow-mo, you know, of Kessler Edwards, three-point shots. Bro has form. I'm like, man, you slow it down, guy has no hicks, no nothing on his jump shot. It's smooth, straight up, you know, forearm straight, aligned with his body, aligned with the basket. Nice stroke. And, and bro you and, can tell works on it that's his game like he can he can he can shoot for sure and we need that uh uh size and and shooting on the wing for sure and when you look at his stat
1: line i see one thing that i really like he had 7 rebounds off the mm. bench and i remember he had this one rebound where he grabbed it over Deandre Ayton and then put back the layup it's like is that type of hustle that Mike Brown is looking for from his bench Because you already get that with Trey Lyles, and you already get the defensive intensity from Davion Mitchell. But then you add another player like Kessler Edwards who can do that, and on top of that, he can guard Devin Booker, or at least force Devin Booker into some tough shots. This this team has potential to go far in the playoffs. I'm going to sound like a homer, but (laughs) I think the Kings are a sleeper for the Western Conference Finals.
0: Dude, I mean, I'm with you, bro. I don't see. Like, like, tell me a team can beat them. Tell me a team that can, exactly. Tell me a team that can beat them. Like, what team can beat them? The Nuggets. The the Nuggets have sus defense.
1: We saw, okay, I went to the game on the second game of back to back where the Nuggets played the Kings and Malik, De'Aaron, and Sabonis all dropped 30 plus. And all they did was attack Bones Highland. Who's no longer on the Nuggets anymore, and Jokic, Jokic cannot guard Sabonis. Jokic had to be benched, but they couldn't bench him because they w- they would have to play DeAndre Jordan. So it's like the worst of two evils. Would you rather play DeAndre Jordan or Jokic in crunch time?
0: Yeah, you can. Mike Brown can get real creative if we have to play the Nuggets. You know, the high pick and roll with Jokic, you can just run. You know, Herder, Monk, Davis, maybe Fox, and you know get. A wide open three, and if if Jokic commits, it's a high lob, you know. So, I think yeah, and, the Nuggets are that one team that it's like, man, when we when they play them, they're so solid that it's like, okay, we need a perfect game to win this game, you know. Uh-huh. And regardless of of Jokic's defensive liabilities, he's one, he's one of the fucking best in the league on the offensive side, you know. So it's like, yeah, he does he doesn't have to score to make it a a difference. And Jamal Murray, let's not sleep on this guy, guys. He's he's had big games and he's you think back. Bubble Murray will come back. Bubble Murray, he's, he's already back. Besides the games he misses sometimes because he's still dealing with knee soreness on his re- re- uh, surgically repaired knee, besides those moments where he misses a couple games, he'll come back and drop 30. And and like look it up, guys. He's dropping 25, 30 regularly. Well, I'll look up his averages right now. But, All right.
1: Okay, so while, while you're doing that, let me let me ask the haters, let me ask the doubters, why do you think the Kings are a first round exit? I don't understand. At this rate, Who's saying that? They're there are, there are people. You go on any any time a national account uh makes a post about the Kings, everyone's calling them first round exits. But I'm thinking have you looked at the record? I'm I'm saying like they have a great record on the road and they have great clutch time stats. They have an extremely clutch player, and they have the 8th best defense rating in the fourth quarter. People are going to say the lack of experience,
0: but the Kings have been in clutch situations
1: all all game, all year long.
0: That's true. You know what else I have to say to that? What? Besides the few veterans we have, like Barnes, uh, those guys have been there before. You know who else has been there before? As as recent as last year? Who? Wait. The head coach. Mike fucking Brown. Mike Brown. And he you know what he's been saying since
1: the since he stepped foot in Sacramento? He said he's not here to coach coach regular season games. He's here to coach here. playoff games.
0: Yes, sir. And bro, if I'm a player and my coach knows exactly where to put me, exactly what to do, exactly what run to what play to run because he was there as as recent as last year, I'm a fucking feel confident in myself because we have a yes. guy that knows what the hell he's doing. And the guy that's led you to the second seed in the West, how do you not trust this guy? I promise you, these, these Kings players have so much faith in him. Probably more faith than any fucking coach in the league. He's so, a coach of the year. It's, it's has hands to be. down, he's a coach of the year. He has to be, especially after Joe Mazzulla has been struggling with the Celtics. Yeah, Joe Mazzulla just does not call timeouts, and we know Mike Brown loves calling them timeouts. Oh, yeah. Dude, I think I think the one thing I have um uh, on that Suns game the other day is like that challenge at the end, I think it was terrible. They foot they and it kinda hurt us because we couldn't call a timeout to yeah. the very end. Yeah, we, we were it was like seven minutes left and we still had one we only had one
1: timeout remaining for the rest of the game. Mike, so Mike the honest, Brown is absolutely terrible at his challenges. I don't know which assistant coach is in charge of that, but please, for love of God, stop taking terrible challenges.
0: You've seen more bad ones than good ones. Yeah, I've I've never seen a good one. I've seen a couple good ones. I think the ones where he actually turns around and he's like, yo, what do we do? Those are the good ones. The ones where he kind of reacts emotionally and sees his player react as well and Mm -hmm. he's like, all right, fuck it. We'll do it. Like Those ones never turn out well. It's so funny, bro, because as a Kings fan, we haven't had a guy that flops since DeMarcus, right? Like that much, right? And yeah. (laughs) Couple plays that game where Sabonis is just like you watch the replay. You're like, this guy's flopping. He's fucking flopping, bro. And I I don't I don't want to complain because we're getting the calls, but it's like, bro, <laughs> like that. Good players that sh- flop, huh? Good players flop. You gotta sell the calls, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he gets the calls. He gets benefited out. He has to. He gets hit way more than he gets fouled. Yeah,
1: he gets hit so much.
0: Yeah, but uh, but that like like that's what I'm trying to say. Like the <clears throat> the challenge was a foul it was clearly a foul and and then he just after the play he's just fucking looking around like ah, what the fuck that's not a foul <laughs> and mike brown mike brown is like all right let's challenge it but it's like bro you're not watching the replay like you're in the moment like that's so hard to realize what you actually did you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's it's game speed it's it's so fast you, you look away from the screen you miss three plays uh and but I'm not complaining. I just think I just thought it was that's a little observation. I thought it was funny.
1: <laughs>
0: um going back to that game, I remember I saw a play
1: where the Kings were getting beat down the floor on a five on four in transition, and Sabonis absolutely chased down blocks. I forgot who it was, but Yes! I yes, like, I know
0: exactly what you're talking about.
1: This this guy this guy is playing his heart out and with the Pacers, he was a first round exit player, and now he has a better team around him and people still don't think he's gonna make it out the first round. With another all star talent in DeAaron Fox. How are they not gonna make it out the first round?
0: It depends on who we play. I really think that. Like that's like the biggest thing. It depends on who we play. I, yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't wanna play a healthy Grizzlies. I don't want to play a healthy Nuggets, and I don't want to play I don't a healthy Suns. We're, Those are the we're three definitely teams not
1: playing we're not playing any of those teams in the first round. We're probably playing either the Clippers, Warriors, Timberwolves, Mavericks, or Lakers.
0: I'm good with all those and
1: teams. You're good with all those teams? I'm we, good with
0: all those teams.
1: The, my biggest fear is that we haven't played the Lakers with this new squad that they have. Mm-hmm. But I know with the Mavericks, we have the Mavericks number. I, I cannot see Kyrie and Luka outscoring us for four straight games.
0: I Yeah, I mean, I think they could outscore us. I think those would be high-scoring games, but I think... Mike Brown can't is stop smart us. enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they can't stop us, and Mike Brown can put a couple stops together. You know what I mean? Like when it matters. Yeah, he can put he can put
1: it together. And, I, and you know, in playoff time, they're gonna go mismatch hunting. And do you know who they're gonna hunt for on the Mavericks? They're gonna hunt for their two stars. They're gonna hunt on Luca, and they're gonna hunt on Kyrie.
0: Yeah, I mean, F- Kyrie's not doing shit on Fox. That's I'll tell you that much. And you're you're a huge Kyrie fan too. I'm a huge. I'm one of the biggest Kyrie fans. But but offensively speaking. I'm not a Kyrie fan because he's a lockdown defender. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. and 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 when you need a stop, I have a feeling Kyrie won't even guard Fox for the majority of the game. I, I have think a feeling put, Kyrie's like, going to Kyrie <laughs> retire in the middle of the
1: playoffs. Kyrie's going to retire in the middle of the playoffs and then come back in the offseason and then sign a contract with the Lakers.
0: <laughs> oh my god. See, y'all, you saw see this? Like, we just talk about Kyrie Angus just fucking random ass slanders him. Like, for what? <laughs> what? All right, I'll, I'll stop. I'll slander
1: Christian Wood instead. Christian Wood guarding Sabonis in a seven-game series? That's some barbecue oh, yeah. chicken, a.k.a. that, that, barbecue that chicken. Lithuanian lasagna. Lithuanian
0: that, lasagna. That's barbecue chicken. Bro, something I want to talk about the Mavericks. You guys know how I feel about Jason Kidd. He's a terrible coach. Why the fuck has De- Davis Bartons not been playing? What the hell? Because all he playing- does is
1: shoot. He's like Michael Porter Jr. He's a no, Latvian all- Michael Porter Jr.
0: All he does is shoot. What did Dorian Finney Smith do? What does Tim Hardaway Jr. do? What does Josh Green do? What is what does fucking Jaden Hard do? What do they got? What do they do? They stand in the corner, they wait for Kyrie or Luca to give them the ball and they shoot a three. That's Davis Berton's specialty. Why the fuck are you not playing him? And he's 610. He's 610. He's 610. Like There's no way a 610 can hurt you on the defensive side as much as the 67 guy that sucks on defense. And I, this guy, think, if you remember, he had great years on the Wizards. He was averaging like 7 boards a game. Probably yeah, more but rebound. Then he had
1: one good he had one good season. He had one good season with the Wizards.
0: And he can have another good season with the, two of now. the two of the best ISO players in the league, you're gonna get wide open threes, man.
1: I don't, I don't know about that, but I definitely do think Jason Kidd is a terrible coach, especially when I look at the
0: minutes log. I
1: see some games Josh Green only plays like ten minutes a game, and in some games he plays thirty two. When he's arguably probably their best best three and D player, player. yeah,
0: he's their third best player easily, and he's their best defensive player easily. And I don't understand why Jason
1: Kidd, in his interviews, is always talking about how he's always stressing about how he wants. Players are going to put in a good effort on defense first. But you you don't have a team that's built for defense. So why are you yeah. even trying to lean in that way?
0: Yeah, he's just... I mean, I'm sure everyone in the league off. I mean, not league office, but that Mavericks front office is talking and yamming him about defense. You know what I mean? But you got to... Yep. Bro, you have one of the best... You could potentially have one of the best... You have all the pieces. You have all the pieces for a great offense. And... Just lean in that direction. I feel like you have to. You have no choice because you don't have the pieces for a good defense. You just don't. And and I
1: feel like and, their offense is not creative at all. It's just it's a lot of ISO, which plays to I guess those two players' strengths. But if you involve them in more actions together, maybe some handoffs or maybe like some Iverson cuts with each other, I yep. feel like that could be really deadly.
0: I I 100% agree, bro. You give any good coach these two players, and I for sure promise you they're not. Just fucking going out there, and I still win. But, but yeah, but Davis Bertans, bro, let me tell you, bro. He's going to make some big plays in the playoffs, and you're going to fucking come oh, back to me. You're going to come know. back to me, and you're going to be like, oh, you were right, and I'll be like, yeah, I was, and it's going to be on this podcast, and yeah.
1: All right, so Davis Bertans is going to drop 22 points in Game 4 in the first round, Kings versus Mavericks, but the, the Kings are already up by 30, so... The Kings and That's, still, the that's Mavericks still a right good in.
0: game. That's still a good game from Davis.
1: <laughs> in a sweep, the Kings sweep the Mavericks first round. You heard we won't it here.
0: Sweep. We won't sweep the Mavericks. I think you're kind of underestimating Kyrie's greatness. If we can lose to Devin Booker by himself, we can lose to Kyrie or Doncic by themselves. Trust me.
1: The last time we saw Kyrie Irving in a playoff game in the contract year, he quit on the Celtics and the, King, and the Celtics lost to the Bucks. So, I don't want to hear it.
0: Uh, last time we saw Kyrie in the playoffs, he almost took took down the, the Milwaukee Bucks, by him and Kevin Durant by themselves, no depth at all.
1: And then what happened?
0: He got injured. And then he and then he and, sprained his ankle. you trust Kyrie? Mean, what? Shut and the he fuck. <laughs> what? Well, you shut the fuck. You can't do anything about that. But so so you're gonna give Kyrie shit for spraining his ankle, but you're not give Kevin Durant Kyrie, shit for spraining his ankle pre-game, no contact, no nothing. Kyrie is going to pull a Rondo in the 2015
1: playoffs. He's going to absolutely flip off Jason Kidd at half court, get an eight-second violation, and then he's going to retire. <laughs> I, w- I wonder what are the betting odds on that right now. Oh, my God. That Kyrie will retire.
0: No. No. Uh, but, yeah, great win for the Kings. Uh, I'm, dude, it, When I'm working when the games happen. I work at a restaurant so I mean all these people are around me. I'm a server so like people are watching me. I don't give a fuck. If something crazy happens, I start screaming, bro. Like people <laughs> I don't care. Like Darren Fox, I know what I know y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that that double clutch left side layup he had on the Knicks. When he made that layup, oh. when he made that layup, bro, I was jumping up and down in the air as high as I could. <laughs> like at work <laughs> like that shit gets me so excited bro so pumped the,
1: the, those two dunks he had i think he i was in a gym for one of them and i absolutely jumped and mind you the people on the treadmills they're like right behind me so they they all saw me <laughs> fangirl in front of the tv i
0: mean bro i mean i get i get people understand it more because i'm in stack still so everyone's watching the games, and they're all rooting for the kings uh you're in you're in orange county so i'm People, yeah. the, people are like these people don't give a fuck about the kings uh, but but let's end it off with um, a little quick quick draft uh, so we're a couple weeks after the the trade deadline um, decent we're gonna sample rate, size now decent sam- I think it's a good enough sample size to do this uh, we're gonna rate some of our best moves um, I think we're just gonna do yeah one player you know right no like yeah. like a player for the move like we're gonna pick the player um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we're gonna do, what do, you, what, what do you think we have time to do, Angus? How many? Let's just pick three, but we'll All do right. it quickly. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do three. You go first. So, first pick of, uh, we're going order. Actually, let's do, uh, last first. So, we'll do the the third best, second best, and then we'll finish off with the first one. So, you go first, Angus.
1: Okay, the third best, I think it would be Sadiq Bey to the Hawks. Ooh. I think that was an underrated trade. Um, ever since I think in the past five day, games, Sadiq Bay has been averaging fourteen points, three rebounds, on fifty percent shooting from three. Now, the the Hawks all season have been struggling with three point shooting and defense and size, and Sadiq Bay answers Everything. a lot of those questions.
0: Yeah, I, I mean Sadiq Bay. I think the Pistons kind of thought they had a, a future superstar there, but you know. I think they kinda let him loose a little bit too much. And and with the Hawks, yeah. you kinda <clears throat> have His a little role bit is simplified. Exactly. Um plus they always dealing with uh uh durability issues on the amongst their wings with DeAndre Hunter, John Collins. Uh those yeah. guys are always fucking out. So But when, they when healthy one healthy. One healthy, they have DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bay, and
1: Clint Capella in their front court. Oh yeah, and I bogey. think that's a pretty good front court.
0: That is good. But That's ne- really good.
1: Ne- next year, when they finally trade John Collins, we'll see how this team becomes what what this team will become.
0: You know me; I'm a trade believer. They have a new coach, so uh, bro, I think they can. If they make the plan, they can make a splash. I'm not going to say what they're going to mm, do, but but mm. if they make the plan, Angus, if they make the plan, they can make a splash. I'm telling you right now. You trade three first round <laughs> picks to make the play in. <laughs> you you traded three first round picks to make the play in. How many How many more years does Murray have on his contract? oh
1: he just he sounded like a five-year max a couple i think last last summer well there you go you got
0: four more years angus all right i'm gonna go <laughs> second <laughs> i'm gonna go second um i'm gonna have to go and this was a toss-up for me between um yaka Pirtle and josh hart for mm. second place but i'm gonna have to go with josh hart just because of the results um you it was almost like immediate success, not just player success, not individual success, but team success. Once Josh Hart hit that that roster and hit that floor, and it was it they were undefeated, was, with, yeah. With and them. it kind of felt seamless, and it still feels seamless. Like the guy has been on the team for years, but bro, just his game fits in perfectly. We talk about Josh Hart a lot on this podcast, and uh, only good things to say about him.
1: Yeah, Josh Josh Hart is the next New York Nick great besides Patrick Ewing. All right, now, what are they? I, I put uh, they're like ten and Josh two Hart Josh up there Hart? with Patrick Ewing. If
0: they win today, ten and, they're like ten and two. Yeah, if they win today, it's a close game
1: right now. Fourth quarter, 97-94. Yeah, Knicks are up.
0: Yep, eight minutes left. Um, but yeah, Josh Hart's my second pick. Angus, let's give uh, I think we all know who the first pick of this draft is, but tell yes, our listeners. I,
1: yes, he's he's going crazy right now in the game that we just mentioned. Is obviously D'Angelo Russell. The Lakers D'Angelo are on a three-game D'Angelo. winning streak right now, and that's back behind their number one defense since the trade deadline. But also, just the decision making and spacing that D'Angelo Russell provides. He had he had eleven points in the first quarter, or eleven or thirteen, but he he made all of his three-point shots, and that's something you could not say about the other Russell.
0: Yeah, I mean they're seven and three in their last ten. He he's he's just. It's like, he's like the main, he's like the focal point of their offense, which is funny to see that he's like, he's like the newest player on the team, but it, you watch this team play without Braun and Russell is the guy that they look to, to make plays, not even AD, uh, Russell makes plays for everybody and he makes plays for himself. And it's so and obvious how much better this team is with Russell at the helm of, at the point guard position. And you also see guys like Dennis Schroeder who, who are prideful players and you know, Dennis Schroeder is a prideful player. Cause he, you know what he did a couple years ago, declined the twenty million. But they take step backs. <laughs> you know they take a step back because they know this guy, he's good, and I want him to yeah. play good. So I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to do too much because I know that if we want to win, we got to let this guy do what is what he's going to do. Let him do this. Let him do his thing. Yeah, and against
1: the Raptors in the previous game, he had twenty eight points, nine assists, and made five threes.
0: I wonder if you're the Timberwolves. You're like, man, maybe we should have kept this guy.
1: I think that they were done with him. I think that he was taking too many possessions away from Anthony Edwards. And I think this summer is going gonna, gonna to be a summer decision-making for the Timberwolves because we we see that they're clearly going with Anthony Edwards as a star of the future. So I we'll have Kat's to gone. see what happens to Kat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because Gobert, Gobert I think, Gobert has worked into offense pretty nicely. You can't run two centers.
0: You know what I mean. You can't run two centers. And Cat, you know, even though he can shoot, he is not a four. He's a five that can shoot. So yeah, and he plays so much better when he's playing the five because he can spread the floor. But when he's a four, fours are expected to put the ball on the floor a lot more than centers. You know, so be mobile now. They're supposed to be mobile now. Exactly, and and Gobert is, is a better fit next to Edwards than Cat is. So I think because of that, and they have Mike Conley now who who can who can feed Gobert a little better. Yeah, I think that Cat's gone, bro.
1: To the Knicks, he's going to the Knicks.
0: Ooh, that would be. I don't know, <laughs> man. I feel like like a guy like Cat, like you put him on. Um, you need a you need a defensive four, you know, if you want to be good. Like a mm-hmm. Jackson Jr. So if you get like, if you get cat on the, on the Grizzlies,
1: sheesh. Oh, 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 actually. That would yeah, be fucking a, scary. That's a good team that you mentioned. Team. Yeah.
0: I mean, or even like if you, if you, if you're like, if you're like the Cavs and you maybe want to give up a little defense so you can be better offensively, you know, maybe you trade Allen, you know, and, or, or maybe a three-way trade. Cause obviously the Timberwolves don't need Allen, but
1: yeah, they don't need Allen.
0: Maybe you maybe you make that work. A guy, I'm just t- talking about a team that already has a four, like an Evan Mobley, like a Jaron Jackson Jr. Like a guy. A team that already has a, f- a defensive four, you could plug Cat in seamlessly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's time when Minnesota's done, too. Yeah. So.
0: But, yeah, that's our draft. Um, <clears throat> order was Josh Hart. Uh, sorry, no. The order was uh, Sadiq Bey, Josh Hart, D'Angelo Russell with uh, – you want to give any uh, honorable mentions? Mine was Purtle. Yeah, my honorable mentions. Actually, we
1: don't forget about Jared Vanderbilt. Jared mm. Vanderbilt deserves to be an honorable mention.
0: Yeah. Any more?
1: And Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards. Kessler
0: Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Kessler Edwards. But I think that's going to wrap it up for today, y'all. Um, we had fun. Uh, we're going to see you guys next Sunday. I mean, next Monday. Next
1: Sunday. Yeah,
0: or but, Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, make sure, make sure you guys tune into our Kings cuz we're going to be talking about the Kings a lot on this podcast. Um I know it's we just dropped a sprint post, to the finish. Yeah. We didn't post anything on Instagram last week. Uh that's my fault. i have been slacking. I've been busy. But we'll be active again. And you want to say It's all anything? good.
1: Um like the beam.
0: Like the beam. All right, y'all, we appreciate y'all for tuning in.